Good day, everyone, and welcome to another Talanoa Now podcast by the American Samoa Alliance Against Domestic and Sexual Violence. I am Judy Matotia, together with Mona Oli, and we are here today with Gab- Gabby Lankildi. Uh, Gabby is a rising senior at Harvard University, born and raised in American Samoa. She is studying sociology and studies of women, gender, and sexuality, and her research interests revolve around gender dynamics in the South Pacific. She is looking to write her senior thesis revolving around domestic violence in American Samoa, and she is super, super excited about being an Alliance intern this summer. Hey, Gabby, how are you today? Doing well. Thank you for having me on here. Hmm. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being here with us today. Um, so this is a podcast that we normally do, and we wanted to bring Gabby on to share with us some of... Um, some of her work and um, as an intern here at the Alliance and what she hopes um, uh, for the future, what has the future have laid ahead for, for Gabby. And what's your major again, Gabby? So I'm doing a joint uh, major in sociology and women, gender and sexuality studies. Okay. Um, Gabby, can you share with us uh, what is um, the studies of women, gender and sexuality? Yeah, about? that's a good question. I didn't really know what it was initially too when I came in into college um so it's kind of basically what it kind of sounds like right like the studies of just kind of understand getting a deeper understanding of like um the history of like women and like gender um understanding gender theory um understanding concepts like what feminism is what uh black feminism is um and all those uh like understanding also like theories of different like sexualities um but it also is very, it's not just about gender, which is something I actually uh, didn't realize until like really getting deeply into the um, the area of study. Um, it's also very much uh, about like intersectionality, which is kind of understanding what are the kind of crosses between like issues of gender, issues of race, and just understanding how like issues of like class and how those are all very interconnected. And I think oftentimes when we think about studies of women, gender, and sexuality, we are like, oh, it's just like, you're only talking about women, you're only talking about gender, when that's actually very much not the case. You're really understanding how to look at issues and how to look at history through a very intersectional lens, um, which I found very useful in my work here and in my work, like in my research. Um, And I, I love the discipline. Mm-hmm. Why did you pick your major? Yeah, so it's a really good question. It's a funny story too. Um, initially, in my first year of college, I came in thinking I was going to do environmental engineering. <laughs> um, I loved math, um, and I didn't realize I wasn't good at science until my first year. Um, I initially had always loved writing, though, throughout high school, but I think um, most of the kind of opportunities I had prior to college were mostly STEM related and not really revolving around the humanities or mm. like I didn't have many like kind of writing opportunities in my high school experience. And so kind of the reason why I thought I was going to do uh, STEM was because that's kind of what I was doing in high school before that. Yeah. Um, and there aren't too many like uh, opportunities for cultivating that kind of like interest in the humanities uh in high a lot of high schools here Mm -hmm. i found and so when i did go off island and kind of uh, i did struggle a lot in like the science area um and i also realized that although i was passionate about the environment um i i definitely loved writing more 
Um, and I understood that you could, I didn't understand this before then, but you, you could tackle those issues through a social justice lens. Um, and you didn't always have to do it through like kind of like scientific or like mathematical mm. Um, ways and that there's so many different ways of approaching the issue. I also, my first year, I took a WGS, which is Women, Gender, and Sexuality Studies. Um, that's the acronym for it. So I took a WGS class my first year and I loved it. Absolutely loved it. I never was exposed to anything gen like looking at things through a gendered um, lens mm -hmm. before. And I also felt just so empowered in those classes. Um, in those classes, I felt like... Um, I just felt like very empowered and I, I, I love that feeling. And I just, uh, just also having the tool to see things through an intersectional lens really brought in my, really challenged a lot of things that I grew up learning. Um, and so I really love that challenge and I, I continue to be challenged um, in those classes all the time. And so it was something that I just enjoyed a lot more than I, <laughs> I was getting in some of my STEM classes. Um, and so that's why I made the switch. Mm. So who are your mentors? Who are your mentors and uh, what kind of advice have you been given? My mentors? Well, I feel like I've had a lot of mentors over the years. Um, I'd say at college, um, some of my mentors have ranged from professors to um, people I've worked with. So when I'm talking about professors, I think initially I had a hard time kind of reaching out to people at, at college. Just kind of like the just like the fear the imposter syndrome um it was a, just kind of hard to like speak up about like what you were struggling with mm -hmm. just because you saw a lot of kids who weren't struggling as much um kids who were kind of just prepared for that environment already and i felt like i wasn't prepared as like enough and i didn't want to like kind of out myself um to let people know that i was struggling but i think like later on i did find mentors who were like very helpful um, one of my biggest mentors, who is actually my senior thesis advisor now um, in the w WGS department, is uh, my professor, Caroline Light, and she's been amazing. Uh, I met her my sophomore year, and she's been one of the, my go-to professors that I can go to, not just for research advice or, like, academics, but just about, like, life in general. Um, and then... I also work at the Harvard College Women's Center, and my directors there um, have also been some of like the people I found a lot of comfort and really found like a family community at the Women's Center, not just my directors, but also like the interns there as well. Um, as far as before college, though, I think I would say like one of my biggest influences was Miss um, Xiangshin Park. Uh, she runs KB Academy mm -hmm. and I locally, right? Yes, yes, yes. Um, and so she's actually where I, I had been studying under her gosh, since like fifth grade or something. Mm. Um, yeah. And so training with her for SAT, I honestly would, I always tell her that she was the one who since like middle school would tell me, Gabby, you're going to go to Harvard. And I thought she was crazy. Like I thought she was crazy. <laughs> um, but she'd been to, I think, kids kids here need someone like that you know like kids here need someone who's telling them that they can go those places like I, I thought she was crazy but she really believed in me and I think without that and not just her because tra her training as well like I wouldn't have gotten anywhere without her like kind of training but I think that sheer belief as well like I wouldn't have believed in myself as much as I did without her having said that consistently to me um and so I really I tell her this all the time um, that I really wouldn't have been at Harvard if it weren't for her. Um, 
and she knows that <laughs> i think like um in addition to her too like my parents have been so supportive i think parents play a huge role in children's success um and my parents have always been there for me and ever so supportive of anything i wanted to do um i think i told them that i used to <laughs> so in high school when i wanted to go to miss park i wanted to I remember telling my mom, like, mom, I want to go to her, like, for three hours every day. My mom thought I was, like, crazy, and she was like, Why, what kind of kid are you? <laughs> um, and But she, she let me do it, and she actually, like, she like financially also as well, like, um, pulled it. Like, it was going to be expensive, but she yeah. pulled together the resources to kind of, like, help me do that. Um, and I'm just so thankful that I had parents like that who were just willing to do whatever it took for their kids um and that were so supportive mm -hmm. yeah the importance of uh, support um in your um three years of uh, studies of women gender and sexuality um is there anything that has um stood out to you or enlightened you about our Samoan culture and mm -hmm. our way of life here in american Samoa? that's definitely a great question i think um i think when i was doing those like wgs classes it, like I said, uh, it challenged me to think about like a lot of things, concepts I had grown up with, right? Like, um, and understanding like the way I learned gender and the way I learned like uh, my role as a woman here, like growing up, right? Um, at the same time, I think like we had to be careful taking a grain of salt like with what we learn at the academy because sometimes those concepts are very, uh, can be very like westernized and so not all the time you can take these westernized concepts and apply it here right like for the, like an example would be like anth the anthropologist margaret mead right like who very like heavily misrepresented like um women in american samoa and like just like samoan people in general and she because of the way she brought a very like white western academic lens into samoan life right and so at the same time I think I like did learn a lot about like kind of like gender theory and like thinking about gender in different ways. You have to also kind of um, not always be so fast to like yeah. apply those same concepts and like um, in different places because you have to be very culturally aware mm. of like cultural differences. So I think like also just balancing that as well has been uh, is something that like I've also learned from the discipline area. What are some of the challenges as a major or um, someone who's majoring in social justice and, you know, coming back as an intern here to Samoa, coming back home, what are some, some of the challenges that you see or you probably faced, you know, so far? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think what's interesting, and I was telling um, a friend um, this, like, last week, was I think a lot of my social justice work that I've done so far has been... Um, predominantly like off island because of like it most of my social justice like uh journey has been over these past three years while I've been in college and I, so a lot of my activism I've done and performed off island at school and like so that's a very different setting from from here back home mm -hmm. and I think what's interesting too is a lot of the activism I do revolves around the Pacific and around kind of like uh Samoa more centrally um, American Samoa more centrally and I think um, 
it was it was interesting kind of when I came down here to do this internship and perform my activism, uh, just the difference in crowd. And so like the difference also in uh, trying to communicate those different kind of concepts. Um, and uh, I think it is interesting. I think I am happy to have this opportunity to kind of come here and uh, actually do the activism for the people I usually do the activism for off island. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, just kind of learning the different ways to do that and communicate that as well has been, mm. has been uh, actually has been kind of tough, but definitely a good challenge. Mm. So, so far, what kind of things have you worked on as a social justice intern? Yeah, so I initially came in and was supposed to be working on uh, thinking about the youth here and their relationship to social justice and the relationship between social justice and Fat Samoa. Mm -hmm. And I was really excited about that. But I think when I came in to do the internship, and that was in the beginning of June, it was during a time uh well still during a time but i think like that's when all kind of like the blm the black lives matter yep. protests mm -hmm. were going on um and i very much felt um very strongly in about like all the, the things that were going on and so i approached jennifer and asked if we could i could possibly do an event related to black lives matter and educating the public about um anti-blackness mm. and so Thankfully, like the whole Alliance team was very supportive and um, we got to do a workshop on unpacking anti-blackness in American Samoa, where we talked yep. a lot about like what is anti-blackness, first of all. I think mm -hmm. like a lot of the time we don't really hear that term used. Um, and then we also were thinking about, you know, like what, how do we see anti-blackness um, manifest here in American Samoa? Mm -hmm. I think that's also, it was a... It's also a good thing to talk about because I think sometimes we kind of think that those problems of like racism and anti-blackness are uh, like an off-island issue and that cannot is not very much like related to our life here, mm -hmm. especially when the maybe the black community is not very visible in American Samoa. Yeah. And so just kind of having that conversation about um, identifying what anti-blackness is first of all and how we ourselves perpetuate anti-blackness and uh, lastly just kind of like discussing with everyone what steps can we take towards dismantling anti-blackness um and it was a really good conversation um i we talked about you know like anti-blackness in language both in Samoan and in english and mm -hmm. kind of beauty standards and in like black cultural appropriation. And I think it was really interesting to see how people also understood how anti-blackness does not just affect um, people who identify as black, but also yeah. like us as yeah. well. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah. I thought that was amazing how we, uh, how at the workshop there was that comparison, you know, and a lot of um, a lot of our local folks here that attended the workshop, um, that they were starting to realize that uh, the whole, BLM movement, um, it also does apply here where, you know, mm -hmm. where a lot of us just don't realize that what's also, what's happening out there is also happening here. Mm -hmm. uh, so, because I know there's been a lot of that, oh no, that's, that's not us here. Yeah. That's, you know, why, why do we need to go there when it's not happening here? And it's because they think that we don't have that many 
uh, of a population of the black folks here and mm -hmm. then, you know. But yeah, and we also <clears throat> saw too that like, well, I think something that's also a lot of people should understand is that like black people are also they're like black Pacific Islanders also exist, right? Black mm -hmm. Samoans also mm -hmm. exist, right? And so black people are also our people. Um, I think as like thinking, um, sorry, I just lost my thought, but, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, essentially, mm. um, also thinking about kind of, we also talked about how anti-blackness doesn't just affect people who identify as black, right? I remember things coming up in the yeah. conversation mm -hmm. about, um, when we're talking about beauty standards, how anti-black beauty standards really does affect our Samoan women as well, right? We had yep. a lot of, um, Samoan women talking about, uh, their hair, their like thicker hair being mm -hmm. like them not feeling great about that or, mm -hmm. um, darker skin tones and things like that. And so we also see again, like how that becomes gendered, right. And bringing that intersectional lens again, like that. Uh, we talked about earlier in the workshop and that I learned more about through WGS. Um, so I was really glad to kind of bring those concepts from WGS that I've learned into like actual real work in, in social justice in American Samoa. And that workshop, uh, we are planning on having that, uh, putting that out there online. Yes. I'm still working on that. Yeah. Okay. Um, but hopefully we'll do that uh, before the end of the month or in mm -hmm. the beginning of next. <laughs> yeah. It's a great workshop for people out there that weren't able to attend. Um, there's still the opportunity that uh, we're going to, Gabby's going to be putting it out online. So if you had missed it and if you're not an American Samoa, you're off island, there's an opportunity to um, to uh, listen in and watch that workshop when we put it out there. And we'll definitely let you know. What else do you have there, Mona? And so, um, <clears throat> so, um, how um, you're on your third year at uh, Harvard? I oh, just okay. finished my third, actually. Oh, so I'm going into my last year. Oh, okay. uh, time flies. <laughs> so what are your plans uh, after, afterwards? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, <laughs> so I think uh, immediately after graduation, I'm looking to apply to a bunch of different fellowships. I'm trying to uh, travel and do research. Um Ideally, I'm trying to travel to New Zealand to do research. New Zealand has the universities in New Zealand have like some of the most, um, some of the best work on the Pacific, mm -hmm. and they produce some of like the um, best Pacific scholars. Are more not I shouldn't say best, but like some of the most prominent mm -hmm. um, Pacific scholars. And so I think just being able to be there and kind of accessing that those archives would be amazing to do for like a year um but i know that like initially like after that i definitely want to go back to school go to grad school um get my phd <laughs> um yeah and i just the plan is i mean well this is definitely like not set in stone i like would love to go on to teach at the university level um but you know like maybe after a year plans change right uh I've definitely seen how much my plans have changed since my first year of college. <laughs> so uh, um, what I know for sure is that I definitely want to take a year off before going back to going, going back to school um, and kind of traveling and do research. Um, so um, that leads me to uh, the next <clears throat> question is um, what, what advice would you give to uh, another student uh, today? 
No, so are you thinking about like high school student wise? Yeah. yeah or that are about to graduate mm-hmm. and go to college. Yeah, I definitely think definitely understanding I think a lot of students, just like Miss Park always said to me, like you definitely have to believe in yourself. And a lot of times that's so hard. That's so hard. Like that's really easy to say, but it's definitely so much harder in practice. Um especially if you're in an environment where you don't have too much support. Um, And so I think just understanding that, just having the understanding that you are smart, you are amazing, even if those test scores don't reflect that, even if the SAT score does not reflect that, because SAT scores and GPAs and things like that do not actually reflect your intellectual level and they don't actually reflect how smart you are. I think that's the biggest thing for me is that, um, I always thought that GPAs and SATs were like what made you smart, what what measured your intellectual level, and those do not do not measure how smart you are. By um, far, that just measures how well you can take tests, right? And so, I think understanding that intellect and your everyone just learned differently, right? And also like there's so many different ways to measure intellect. And so under, just having the understanding that you are smart and you're perfect the way that you are, um, no matter if you don't get the test you want, test scores you want, no matter if you don't get into the schools you want. Um, and so I think that's kind of the thing that I would like to tell kids and tell students here, because I think oftentimes if you don't have that understanding, you just go on thinking you're you're not, smart you're not and you're not gonna have that kind of self-confidence um when really that's that's like you should never measure yourself by those things there Mm -hmm. and colleges are so wrong for measuring kids by those things um and so because I knew so many kids who were just so smart and the test scores didn't reflect how well they how so how smart they were Mm -hmm. Um, especially kids who are just like not allowed to not given that it's those same opportunities for those SAT training right and so I think like um yeah just thinking along those lines I just thinking about like when I was in high school people were praising me for like getting these good scores when it's really thinking about I had those opportunities right like um and so I just would like to tell kids that they're just under just have that understanding that you are so smart and so perfect mm-hmm. and that those scores, no matter what they are, um, those aren't all that you are. Mm-hmm. Would you recommend um, the social justice internship to to others? Yeah, I'm definitely having, I know I'm definitely having a lot of fun here. I love the team here. <laughs> um, How would you describe the Alliance's workplace culture? I love it. It definitely reminds me a lot of the workplace culture that I have at the Harvard College Women's Center and it's I love it because it's like a family Mm -hmm. it's it's not like a and I think that's how all work environments should be like you shouldn't be like super stressed all the time um you should have coworkers that you feel that you can open up to and I definitely I think when I had my initial meeting with Jennifer I kind of knew that that was also kind of the work environment I was walking into which I was really happy about um I just love that you guys do like wellness in the mornings, um, are always just like having fun. Um, 
and I'm never intimidated to just ask constant questions. I think that's the biggest thing too for me is um, I just feel so comfortable just asking questions because I feel comfortable not knowing things. And I think that's really important in a work environment that shows just how safe I feel in this work environment. Um, and so I definitely would recommend this internship, especially for people who are really interested in issues related to social justice, because it's given me an avenue to kind of um, do this work and reach a broader um, broader audience too, especially with the workshop, I think like with the, uh, mm-hmm. using like the alliances, like routes and like platforms has definitely allowed me to reach more people with uh, the kind of work and like the workshop that we did. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Um, what sort of last last question? What connections do you think you've made so far being an internship here with the Alliance? What kind of connections do you think you've made so far? Yeah, so I think, well, definitely just like within the workspace as well, like just the connections with like different coworkers. Um, I also saw that like during the uh, workshop we did to just kind of when I was uh, reaching out to different people to facilitate, co-facilitate with Mm. me. And so just kind of also knowing who is also dedicated to that kind of work, social justice work, right? And so making those connections to other people as well, who like perhaps in the future for future events, uh, knowing that they're also down for the cause, down for um, conducting that kind of work. And also just like with the workshop itself, I also saw like kind of audience members and meeting all those people I know that, we got like uh, different people who were higher up in the community mm-hmm. who were there, which is also nice. And also like even connecting with the youth as well, I think is really important because those are like the leaders of the future, right? Mm-hmm. The youth are really important. And so to also hear their voices there as well was really inspiring. Um, and to make connections with the youth as well is really important, I feel. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, I thought that day at the workshop, uh, uh, the older folks that attended the workshop were very appreciative of uh, of yourself. Um, as a matter of fact, when we called on one of them to get up and uh, finish off, us off with a prayer, mm-hmm. and then he started um, he started singing um, mm-hmm. Samoan. We've never gotten that before, so <laughs> consider yourself special. <laughs> consider yourself special. <laughs> we had the crowd singing for you. <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, it was, I, I think they were really, um, they were really at awe at the fact that, um, uh, that you're, um, uh, as a Pacific Islander, as an American Samoan, um, young woman who's, um, educated at, um, Harvard and has come back to, to you know, to 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 contribute to the, to her people, you know, because mm-hmm. um, most of our kids today, it's like you know they go and they don't come back, mm-hmm. you know, and and you know everyone has a different direction in life, everyone yeah. has their own you know future, and um, but um, like you said, you know, with the with the um, the field of social justice and how um, so many of our kids, yeah, that's what we see here in this work, how. Um, because we too are part of STEM in mm-hmm. the uh, with the government, so we see them pushing, and understandable because they say that our kids are failing and, you know, in STEM and mm-hmm. and, and and so forth. But um, like you said, there's also the uh, social justice field that we need so much of our of our people in. So we want to mm-hmm. thank Gabby for today's um, podcast. 
Uh, we hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Uh, please tune into our other podcasts that we have out there. And if you have any questions, please feel free to go onto our website, www.asalliance.com, or check us on our Facebook page. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. And hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast hosted and brought to you by the American Samoa Alliance Against Domestic and Sexual Violence. For more information, please call 684-699-0272 or send an email to asadsv at gmail.com. Visit us on our website at www.asalliance.com or visit our Facebook page at American Samoa Alliance Against Domestic and Sexual Violence. Fa tailo awai mai ma atonu sa family ina lo fa fonga ile ne fa talanoanga um fayon awina to le mau amriksa moa ete atuisa wanga fa lo tsoi fale masa wanga fa feu so inga monisi fam talanga fa mol mole wala au telefoni ono valfa ono iveiva o lua fitulua be emaili mai foi ile asa dsv at gmail dot com be asiasi mai lunga lau penga te failangi ile www.asalliance.com Boli tu lau on Facebook ile American Samoa Alliance Against Domestic and Sexual Violence. Faf tight.